Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's game time. This is The Game on News Radio KMAN. We start the show from Las Vegas. As uh, CBS just touched on it, there is a guy in a hotel room at Caesars Palace. And I guess the the scuffle started with a uh, domestic dispute, and then all of a sudden he busts a window out, and he's throwing furniture out the window from like 25 stories up. You know... Extremely unfortunate the last time that that took place where somebody busted out a window was a horrible incident at Mandalay Bay where a guy just starts shooting from the top floor and kills like 50 people at a country concert. This guy is armed, but uh, no no shots fired. He's just throwing furniture out and people were evacuated from the area just minutes with it. You know, if Chief Saholic wasn't already Ah. arrested, I would have... I would have entertained the idea that this could be him. <laughs> or, because I know like there's a police standoff now. I think the FBI got called in, or at least SWAT. I think it was SWAT, SWAT. that got mm-hmm. called in. And I'm like, did we first check and make sure that Hangover 4 isn't currently being filmed? And maybe they just didn't get the right permits or something. Because that's a very Allen or a very uh, Mr. Chow thing to do start chucking furniture out the 25th story window i'd put that more on mike tyson myself no mike tyson's a very peaceful guy now <laughs> do you not recall his last fight He's oh like, i do yeah i just don't have it in me anymore i'm not the same person i'm not the killer i used to be that's not his exact words but it's something like that it's amazing and, what old age will do to you what's his uh what's his religious religion now i don't think he's oh, like buddhist or something and probably something along those lines he's yeah. into, he's into poetry and smokes weed like he's real chill now the only crazy thing about him is he i don't know if he still has but he had a tiger yeah that's it welcome to the game oh, mitch fortner man. troy coverdale the two guys with you today boy we are uh we got quite the show today because coming up at 5 10 phil Steele, he's a college football writer and of course puts out his college football preview magazine every summer his 2023 magazine is out now you can go pick it up online uh that's where i did and uh, got it in the mail today as a matter of fact he'll be joining us at 5 10 to talk k-state to talk big 12 national football when it comes to the playoff predictions, Heisman Trophy predictions, plus we also got into the non-conference schedule for K-State and what he expects out of the Troy Trojans and the Missouri Tigers in 2023. 
Uh, meanwhile, it's almost also Amazon Prime Day. Now, have you been doing any shopping? Nope. I've been looking for a 4K TV. I got the new Xbox, the Xbox Series X, 4K TV. It's going to really enhance the the graphics, of course. Plus, now with my uh, my TV subscription, I'm getting all the sports 4K television channels. Mm-hmm. And I want to start watching the cats in 4K. And then I learned if you want a good 4K TV, you're paying like $1,000, even with Prime Day. Right. I'm like, good Lord, $1,000 for a TV? Did those old, like giant box big screen tvs what did they used to run for oh my goodness i couldn't tell you because i never really had a place where i could have put one i had relatives that had one and my dad the only comment he could make about it because back then i mean that was if you had a big screen tv and it was still in the big box days of tvs you had some money Mm -hmm. at least we assumed you had some money and the only comment my dad could make was Man, I bet that was a pain to get it down here because <laughs> it's heavy. Yeah. Like, you, get, you can't just enjoy the TV and how cool it is and how fun it is to watch the cats on a 50-inch screen TV that's not rectangle, it's a square. Right. Those were the days, man. Talk about simpler times. Didn't matter how heavy the TV was, and now you just need a hand, ba- one, one arm to carry a TV anymore. Pretty much. Um as the guy who had to lug an old tube TV up and downstairs in a dorm in an apartment. And yeah. You know, speaking of Vegas, I, I forgot to ask you about this yesterday. Uh oh. Because you like to put down some bets. Yeah, I put it down a few dimes Especially last night. Especially on baseball. That's what I was going to ask because I, believe it or not, for the first time in a long time, I did not watch a second of the home run derby. I typically enjoy it, you know, without. Uh, Without boom on the call anymore, it's just not the same. You're like back, 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 God. It's just not the same anymore. But I still try to enjoy it. See, to me, it's cleaner. Really, it's listenable. It doesn't sound so forced. I actually enjoy it a little more in that aspect. You don't like the back, 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 gone. No, because it's tedious and. It got to just be too much. Hmm. Well, that's too bad. Because I really appreciated Chris Berman and his call back in the day of the Home Run Derby. Because he had the exciting voice. You didn't really hear yeah. him on a lot of calls, especially with my growing up. I mean, really, the only time I'd ever hear him is in, of course, like studio stuff in the Home Run Derby. I it just... Yeah, uh, to me, it just got tedious. Who is it now? Uh, it was Ravage last night. Okay. Uh, Radio side had a uh, friend of the uh, friend of this host anyway, uh, Roxy Bernstein. No, I didn't watch at all. But who did you, did you win any money last night? Uh, no, I did not. That was a bit disappointing, actually. You didn't uh, take Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, no, I went with Julio Rodriguez. Uh, I put a long shot on Mookie. And had uh, Adolis Garcia as my top three. There probably wasn't any parlays available, were there? Unless there there was like an over-under on the total amount of home runs or anything like that? Right. You could get into the different props in terms of how many were going to be hit by. And and, uh, you could go specific rounds if you wanted to and put that together as a parlay. Uh, But no, I did just the three bets straight out on who I felt would be the top three and uh, whiffed on, on it. 
struck out completely. Of course, uh, you know, the home run derby and the all-star game, which is tonight, which will be here on K-Man tonight. Uh, pre-game starts at what time? Six o'clock. There we go. And um, so we'll have coverage of that. Of course, comes from the home of WrestleMania 19. It used to be Safeco, <laughs> but now it's T-Mobile. Yes. In, in Seattle. Yes. Um, I was looking at the line earlier, and I was like, you know what? The National League's the favorite, but the National League hasn't won the All-Star game since the Royals hosted at Kauffman Stadium. What was that, 2012 is the last time the American League, American League lost? I think it was 2012. Mm-hmm. So it's been, let's see, I'll count them up here, nine straight wins for the American League, but the National League is favored by a run and a half. So have you put down your bets on the on the All-Star game yet? Getting ready to hit, accept, and place. Okay, so what's the bet tonight? I have total of seven bets set to go uh hang on let me fill it and they're not part it's not Uh, like a parlay no i went i went separates on them tonight to try and uh, see about uh see about picking up a dime here and there well i was was Um, about to say the over under on the cash you spent on tonight's bets is probably at nine dollars fifty cents you're not far off it's 15 bucks total okay uh under seven and a half runs total tonight under four and a half runs in the first five innings get past the summer league uh i've got national league money line i've got Luisa rise to pick up a hit tonight and well, yeah i guess that does cover me because i do have a couple of summer league and a couple of wnbas in there tonight wnbas huh i i've haven't talked to anybody that's placed in WNBA bet. <laughs> who's the Who's the bet tonight? Then I've uh, got the Seattle and Vegas tonight. It's T-Mobile Park. Is that a hitter's ballpark? It depends, especially when the roofs open. It can be. Last night, it definitely showed itself as a hitter's park. I thought. Uh, well, yeah, record for home runs uh-huh. in, a, in a home run derby. Uh-huh. Yeah, they were lucky though in the aspect that money of the clouds had had cleared out. And so you had a, a pretty good summer evening for the Pacific Northwest, so that allowed the ball to fly a little better than what you may normally run into if it's a cloudy and wet evening instead. Is uh, the darling for the Reds, No, will he be playing tonight? No, no, he is not on a roster. He is not on the National League roster, which is a tad of a surprise, but the deal is is that he was called up too late to be a part uh, of the roster that was my next next question mm-hmm. if he was called up in time no uh per per the regs he was called up too late and so what about Salvador Perez I would imagine he's not starting no he is not he is however uh the third catcher on the roster Jonah Heim starts behind the plate tonight for Texas mm. boring somehow I saw that coming I'll tell you th- what has been interesting just out of uh, uh point of fun someone pieced together a conversation with a number of different players on just how much Shohei Otani should get paid in the offseason you know what I speaking of like the all-star game and the Royals which by the way did I not just see a headline on Twitter something about Shohei Otani like wanting to be a Royal maybe that was just a fake headline I might have been falling for it I'll I'll look it up a little bit later just to clarify but I'm I'm sure it's just a joke but I, I mean, can can it be worse than the Angels? I mean, honestly, yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I yes. shouldn't have asked that because it is the Royals at this point. <sighs> I miss the days. This is the baseball I miss. I miss the days 
when the Royals fans would vote all day, every day, use up all their votes every day, and then come back the next day, mm-hmm. and you almost had Omar Infante starting for the American League. Right. Wasn't that... It was almost two years in a row mm-hmm. that Omar Infante almost started, and I don't recall. I think he did land on one roster. I can't remember if he landed on multiple, but I'm pretty sure Omar Infante was at one time an American League All-Star, and I hope you're double-checking me because that was a fun storyline to follow because that that was a time as a Royals fan in 2015, your only worry was really, is Omar Infante going to be an all-star or not? <laughs> because if he was an all-star, pretty much the entire nine was an all-star. 2010. Okay. so When he was a member of the Braves. Did not make it with the Royals. Okay, so he did not make a roster. No. Okay. Didn't, did not while a member of the Royals. Yeah, that was really the only bummer in 2015. Omar Infante wasn't an all-star. I'm still a big fan of Royals fans booing Robinson Cano myself. Oh, yeah, because he didn't pick Billy Butler Mm -hmm. for the home run derby. I mean, honestly, as a Yankee, he should have been booed every time anyway. Just because? Well, yes, because of the the old rivalry? Yes, but that's because I'm one of those old heads who still harbors the rivalry of the 70s and 80s well, yes sure. i mean i, 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 I grew up in that but of course you know the royals fans had 20 30 years of hosting yeah, the yankees to boom out of the building if they wanted to or not right but no I, I do remember that robinson cano not picking billy butler for the home run derby and then steps up to the plate i remember this well gets booed and if i remember correctly did not hit a single home run correct in the derby correct and his dad went whining about it to the media was his dad pitching no. His dad was upset, though, that Robinson got booed. He was not happy. I don't remember that. <laughs> but that is a kind of a sweet icing on the cake of that yes. story. And again, as I said earlier, that's the last time the National League won the All-Star Game. As a matter of fact, it was an 8 nothing shutout for the National League, uh, winning at Kauffman Stadium 8 nothing. That was back in 2012. 11 years ago was the last time the National League won the All-Star Game. And I saw, yes, I was because I was curious as well, looking up the scores, because I saw the over-under tonight, at least from what I'm looking at, I, I just pulled up FanDuel, and it says seven. Seven runs is the over-under. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, does seven runs typically get scored in a All-Star Game? And it actually seems like it's not that common. It's more often than not less than seven runs. Yeah, it's been a long time since they've had a really high-scoring effort. So you think the National League's going to get it done tonight? I've got them slipped in on the money line tonight. All right. Well, again, 6 o'clock coverage right here on K-Man, and it's uh, first pitch at a little after 7, right? That's correct. For mm-hmm. the, for the uh, MLB All-Star game tonight here on KMAN. Let's take our first break, and when we come back, we're going to – Jump back to the Bob Huggins story because after a second statement by Bob Huggins' attorneys that had his full uh, legal name, Robert Huggins, on there on the header, West Virginia was very quick to respond. And I'm also going to tie in my top 10 list of the week with this same story after this break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. At 510, we'll be joined by Phil Steele. We will be previewing K-State and Big 12 foosball. Coming up in hour number two. Back on the game with Mitch Fortner and Troy Coverdale. Thank you, Troy, for that game sports update. Shout out to Sydney Bolding and Aaliyah Carter being named to the All-Big 12 preseason team. Just got the email uh, from Jordan that uh going to be a media day for volleyball coming up on August 4th. Got to add that real quick to my calendar so I do not forget. Because if I don't do it now, I might forget. All right, we're good to go. You're right. a popular guy. Got to fill those calendar dates. Well, and I appreciate it. That's at 1 o'clock. Um, that way I can go. <laughs> right. And let's see here. Let me see if uh, it's got to be in the new uh Oh, I'm sure. Arena, right? I don't know. I'd, uh, let's see here. Looking at the uh, email. I'm just kind of like glancing at it real quick. Uh, yes, at the new Morgan Family Arena. Here we go. That'll be my introduction to the new arena, and I cannot wait. It's going to have that brand new smell to it. And uh, it'll be just a few weeks after that that the uh, Cats will actually be having a game, inside, or a match rather, inside of the new Morgan Family Arena. September 1st, Omaha. Then it's uh, Nebraska in on Sunday afternoon, and I'll be at that match. Nice. So you're going to be doing some early PA. Absolutely. You're not doing the first game. No, because it's a Friday night. We've got high school games. Right. And uh, you know what? I when I saw the schedule come out, I was like, maybe see if I could like you know sneak like, one hey, or two. Uh-huh. You know, I'd really mm-hmm. like to be the first PA in the new uh, mm-hmm. new arena. Mm-hmm. Showed up on a Friday. I was like, you know what? Instead, I'll be calling Manhattan High Derby. At Bishop Stadium that night. There you go. So, uh, unfortunately, I missed out on that, but definitely I'll be at that Sunday Nebraska match. There's no doubt about that. Uh, let's see. I welcome everybody back. Yeah, welcome yes, back to did. the game if I haven't. Oh, boy. You know, this Bob Huggins story, it keeps reminding me of the uh, – have you seen the video? I'm sure everybody's seen it by now. I mean, I see it all the time now. It's when the gal's on the treadmill and she's starting to fall – she stumbles, it's already getting messy, and then the <laughs> treadmill like pulls down her leggings, and you can see her her whole behind is out for everybody. Pretty much. Um, yesterday, Bob Huggins, with a, with a uh, written statement to West Virginia, you know, basically restating that uh, that he never resigned. He never formally gave his resignation and retirement announcement to West Virginia and that his wife had done it and he wasn't aware. So 
after that statement was put out yesterday, and I mean already messy, it's already the image of, what are you doing, man? You've admitted to messing up. And by the way, in that announcement saying that he didn't you know, formally resign, did not formally retire, mentions the DUI, has no mention whatsoever of the gay slur and also offending Catholics at the same time. No mention of that. As a matter of fact, it really hasn't been mentioned at all uh, since the day or two after, after the uh, after it happened on the radio in Cincinnati. Uh, but this statement came out yesterday saying, quote, I did not draft or review West Virginia's statement. This false statement was sent under my name, but no signature included. I'm employed by West Virginia to an employment agreement. I never submitted the notice required under the employment agreement to voluntarily resign. And he also wrote that he did not inform his players of his decision to resign on June 17th in a meeting, telling them only that he did not know what was going to happen. Huggins added his voluntarily he voluntarily checked into a, quote, world-class rehabilitation center and that he plans to remain there until he is, quote, cleared to return to his active coaching duties. And by the way, also on that header, that Bob Huggins' attorneys, I would imagine, wrote and then officially sent out on his behalf, did on the header say West Virginia men's basketball coach Bob Huggins or Robert Huggins. It did not take long for West Virginia to respond. No. West Virginia is, of course, being represented by lead counsel on this. And her name is Stephanie Taylor. I think Stephanie Taylor has more than one-upped West Virginia with their latest response. Or I should say one-upped Bob Huggins in West Virginia's latest response. So this is my top ten of the of the week. Because Stephanie Taylor, who is the lead counsel for West Virginia, in the response Monday night to Bob Huggins' second letter, reiterating the university stance that Huggins indeed resigned and that it will not reinstate him as head coach while also calling Campbell, who was uh, um, Huggins, one of his attorneys, and Huggins and their claims, quote, meritless. I thought that was quite the word to use. Meritless. As in has no ground to stand on. As in not true. The university provided a timeline of the weekend of June 16th through the 18th with 10 bullet points breaking down what exactly happened with Bob Huggins. So here we go. Buckle your seatbelt. I'm going in an abbreviated 10 bullet points on how West Virginia has laid out the timeline. Bullet point number one, Huggins' lawyer exchanged several text messages and engaged in approximately 70 minutes of phone conversations with West Virginia during a two-day period leading up to the resignation. Second bullet point, on June 17th, Mr. Gainola, who is the attorney, one of the attorneys for Bob Huggins, indicated to West Virginia that Huggins had decided to resign and retire. Bullet point number three. I'm just going to call him lawyer as we go because I don't like saying his last name because I'm not sure how to pronounce it. West Virginia then said they need that in writing. Lawyer specifically asked West Virginia if it would 
accept resignation via an email form from his wife, June, because one, Huggins doesn't use email, and two, lawyer was having IT issues at his firm and couldn't access his email. One of the expected items in this, or at least one of the things that makes the most sense, Bob Huggins not using email. And also, having IT issues can access email. <laughs> That's amateur hour. You unplug the router and you plug it back in. I learned that when I was like 12. Uh, but West Virginia agreed to those accommodations, or to accommodate Mr. Huggins. Bullet point number four. Prior to submitting resignation, on the evening of June 17th, Huggins met with members of the team and staff to announce that he would no longer be coaching the team. Quote, we understand that Mr. Huggins specifically told the team that he was resigning. Bullet point number five. Prior to resigning officially and after the meeting with the team, Huggins called West Virginia Deputy Athletic Director Steve Urias to personally confirm that he had spoken to the team and was, in fact, resigning. They spoke for eight minutes. They also talked about who might be named interim head coach. It was indicated that West Virginia may go with Josh Eilert, as Huggins had previously communicated with West Virginia that Eilert would serve during the three-game suspension. It was then stated that the other members of the staff overheard some of the conversation because Huggins had the call on speaker in the locker room. Bullet point number six, already mentioned lawyer, confirmed with West Virginia via text that Mrs. Huggins was sending the email resignation on behalf of Bob Huggins and to be ready for it. After the email was sent, Huggins' lawyer followed up to confirm West Virginia got it. Bullet point number seven. Huggins called Urias again a few minutes after the email was sent. Huggins did not at the time indicate he had changed his mind about resigning or that email notification was sent without authorization. Number eight, a press announcement was sent by Huggins' lawyer, was sent rather to Huggins' lawyer to review it and approve it on behalf of Huggins before the email was sent to West Virginia. West Virginia then told his lawyer that they would send out the approved version. And Huggins' lawyer approved by responding, quote, okay. Number nine, the next morning, June 18th, Huggins went to to the practice facility to clean out his office. He was met there by athletic director Wynn Baker, and they talked for about 15 minutes. And at no point did Huggins express that he did not, in fact, resign and retire. And then finally, number 10, and I brought this up yesterday because I thought with the time that had passed, this had seemed very fishy from Bob Huggins. Number 10, 20 days have passed since Huggins' resignation and retirement submission with no claim to Huggins or his lawyers that he did not, in fact, resign or retire. During that time, all parties have acted consistent and that resignation and retirement notification in multiple ways. So those are the 10 bullet points from West Virginia to counter what was being claimed by West Virginia or by uh, Bob Huggins rather and his lawyers. To me this is a mic drop from West Virginia and to me it also just makes everything on Bob Huggins side a bit sadder. 
Maybe there's some details we don't know that'll be coming up in the future. But as for right now, on the surface, from what all we know, to me, this is going to be a a one-sided win argument for, for West Virginia. And I don't know if Bob Huggins is just playing an I'm Bob Huggins ego card and that he feels that, okay, after getting away with the gay slur, offending Catholics, and West Virginia is going to sweep it under the rug, that he could potentially get his job back if takes the diversion, does not officially get convicted of this DUI, that he could convince West Virginia of letting him back in. Hey, I'm the legend. I got my treatment. I'm the legend. I don't blame him at all for having an ego. He is a gigantic deal in Morgantown. I don't argue that at all. And also, I'm sure, I would imagine, with West Virginia, I mean, there's, I'm sure, a lot of people in reaction upset by how they handled the initial gay slur on Cincinnati Live Radio and offending Catholics because probably at West Virginia, anybody lesser is gone. Any other coaches most likely are gone because they're not Bob Huggins. Bob Huggins, when it comes to sports, is king in Morgantown, West Virginia. But also, if you remember the, uh, was it a Facebook post that his daughter posted? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that stating that this is completely unfair treatment towards Bob Huggins because he made a mistake and that that's not who he truly is. And again, that was another statement, by the way, of, you know, in a way representing Bob Huggins that had no mention whatsoever of the gay slur or offending Catholics. It just brought up the DUI. But it goes back to my point that, you know, anybody lesser would have been gone after the gay slur. He got a big second chance. And in my opinion, maybe slightly more than a slap on the wrist. Losing a million dollars is one thing. The three-game suspension was actually, it was a bit of a laugher. It really was. I West Virginia has a has a LGBT center um, on, on their campus, and a part of that deal as well was that Bob Huggins will be working with them to learn, basically, and I don't know. I don't remember the period of time that was supposed to take place, but would continue to work with the LGBTQ community, at least start to, and then build a relationship and learn from their side. Mm-hmm. I doubt that happens now. Oh, There will not be any, any dialogue between Bob Huggins and the LGBTQ center. That, that, that relationship is gone. He's out of that, and I'm sure he's happy about it. I would not be shocked about that. It just continues to be sad. And also, you know, what really hasn't been talked about is, you know, what's Josh Eiler thinking right now? Like, this guy that he's been learning from for 17 years steps away because of two really major mistakes. I mean, there's a reason, you know, you're not supposed to drive drunk. You can kill people. Three, nearly three times over the legal limit doesn't know where he is he could have easily killed somebody mm-hmm. and given the the fact that he apparently had been driving around for a while because he thought he was in columbus ohio but this is totally screwed with josh eilert and that oh. opportunity that really it does annoy me completely unfair to him but this story is not done i mean this is now 
it's Bob Huggins versus West Virginia, and this could be dragged out for years. It honestly depends on what his lawyers want to do after these statements from West Virginia, laying out the timeline. How far do they want to take it? Do they want to take it to court? Is this just basically a money grab that would most likely lead to going to court? Or does Bob Huggins just really want his job back? Is he at the point where he has entered a state of depression? He's been in his rehab center, which claims that he you know, wasn't fully aware of what was going on. I don't know. It's hard to really truly tell what has poked him to make this reaction. Is he getting bad advice? We don't know. But this story is now going to have to probably drag out for a year or two. Because it doesn't seem like Bob Huggins is willing to back down. Willing to back down without a fight. I continue to be surprised how he is throwing his agent, essentially, under the bus. When you read what West Virginia put out last evening in refuting point by point, and the fact that they noted that they had been negotiating face-to-face before receiving the first letter from this Cleveland-based attorney, that they had been face-to-face with Huggins' agent-slash-attorney, longtime rep, and were negotiating. Completely threw him under the bus when he did everything in his power to negotiate the resignation in the first place. We need to take a break. When we come back, uh, by the way, at 510, we're going to be joined by Phil Stills. We preview K-State and Big 12 football. Up next, it's Tuesday. we got to crown a jabroni of the week. That's next. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You jabronis hit the jackpot. The Hollywood brand jabroni, Hulk Hogan. Ow. Is this jabroni's name? Jabroni of the week. Just want to say right now that Bob Huggins and Pat Fitzgerald, who was fired from Northwestern, will not be featured in Jabroni of the Week. Really, I mean, the Bob Huggins story isn't done. You never know. He might come out on top, as in, well, he'll never he'll never be head coach at West Virginia again, which is still also, that's another crazy side to this. Like, does he actually expect to get his job back after now throwing some – you know, West Virginia and Bob Huggins are now in a boxing match. I don't see how you can. I mean, I know everybody is having fun with the George Costanza Seinfeld clip and started that yesterday, but I don't see how. And then the Pat Fitzgerald story, I just don't know enough about it quite yet. I've been more focused on the Bob Huggins story. I haven't had, I kind of know the basics, you know, the uh, some bullet points. The Pat Fitzgerald story about the hazing and stuff, and that the uh, what was it? The it was the it's a Northwestern student newspaper that kind of blew it open. The Daily Wildcats. It was supposed to be a two game suspension. Now he's done. I'm like, well, you know, Northwestern won four games in the last two years. Won one last year. They're on eleven game losing streak after beat after uh, beating Nebraska overseas. I mean, hasn't mm-hmm. been good for. Pat Fitzgerald for a while. No, they've ranged back to being Northwestern. Yeah, more focused on academics and sports, right? Although they're uh, they're going to be enhancing some of the facilities, right? Enhancing, but cutting down on the seating at Ryan Field. All right, let's start with my three dishonorable mentions. We'll culminate with my jabroni of the week. My first dishonorable mention will go to two poker players that I don't know their names. 
because they didn't stick around the World Series of Poker long enough to have anybody remember their names. Nobody knew who they were. They were in and they were out. This year's World Series of Poker main event uh, started last week, and it's a record field, 8,774 poker players. That is a new record, about 100 more than the previous record that was set back in 2006. Holy smokes. There were two players eliminated on their very first hands of the World Series of Poker. One hand cost them $10,000. Wow. The first losing hand was aces versus kings, and aces won. That's brutal. The other hand was trip queens against trip eights, and the queens won. Of course. So, brutal. I've heard of this happening before where, uh, and it's happened a time or two where the first hand of the World Series of Poker, somebody is eliminated, but two on the same day, first hand, has is unheard of. I once lost, and I've said this before, but I had a straight flush that lost to a royal flush one time. And I thought that's as brutal as it can get. Well, my buy-in for that tournament was about $150, not $10,000. Right. And I still cashed. It was not on the first hand. I still made a little bit of money. I just had an early exit that I was expecting. My next dishonorable mention is going to go to runner uh, Sinberry Tafari. She was running in the Peachtree Road Race in Georgia last week, down the home stretch, about to win the race. Now, we've seen in races, there's motorcycles with cameras uh, kind of like leading the lead racer down the home stretch as they get them on camera. But then towards the end, they'll kind of pull away, take a turn, and just leave the field open for the finish line. Well, that's what happened. She followed the pace motorcycle on a turn right when she should have just kept going forward. She was in the lead, 10000 bucks up for grabs. But because she took a turn and uh, did not notice until it was too late, two runners passed her. She finished in third place instead of first place, which the difference is, instead of winning ten grand, she won seven grand. A bit less, of course, obviously, but still won some cash for this, for this uh, 10K race, which, by the way, she had won it the previous year. So she's making some dough on some races. My last dishonorable mention is going to Edmonton Elks wide receiver C.J. Sims, of course, the Canadian Football League. So what us Americans probably don't know about the CFL, there are no touchbacks. Well, C.J. Sims, who's from New Mexico, just got into the CFL, did not know this. Uh-huh. And it's a tie game. It's 11-11. to 11. In uh, in the fourth quarter with a minute to go, receives the kick. It goes over his head and bounces into the end zone. And he just kind of lightly jogs over the football, picks it up. He gets lightly tackled, but he did not know you can't take a touchback rouge? in the CFL. Rouge? A rouge. One point safety, basically, is what it is. And guess what? His team lost 12-11. to 11. To the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, one of the best names in athletics. But finally... My jabroni of the week, it has to go to Britney Spears. The footage found moments Britney Spears was struck in the face while approaching the number one pick in the NBA draft, Victor Wambayana, who's the new San Antonio Spurs. He's going to be sad after playing a couple of summer league games. But this is in Vegas. He's going to a restaurant. She's trying to catch up to him and just say, hey, big fan, congratulations, go make money. 
but he's got a couple of bodyguards. Well, one of those bodyguards to his right reaches back without looking, slaps Britney Spears' hand away, and she was not happy about it. She could be heard screaming, that's America for you, which is quite the line. Called the police, Las Vegas Metropolitan Police. They write down uh, basically a statement, and uh, they do an investigation. They determine that she actually hit herself in the face. Thanks to, of course, the bodyguard kind of pushing her away. Mm-hmm. But it was her own arm. It was her own hand that hit her in the face. No arrests were made. Nobody was cited. Brittany, I'm sorry, but you're my jabroni of the week. Quick break. When we come back, big-time recruit has K-State in his final number of teams. Those details next. You're home for K-State sports. We're going to accomplish great things together, and it's not going to take long. It is not going to take long. I didn't come to rebuild, right? Came to elevate. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. All right. This is a name that's been brought up with Derek Young. It's been brought up by, with Mason Both is when we talk recruiting in K State hoops. Patrick Ngongba. According to ESPN, he is a five-star recruit. According also to ESPN, he is the number 17 player in the country. He is maybe the fastest rising star for the class of 2024. He's a 6'10 center from Warrington, Virginia. He has announced officially, and this has also been uh, announced by 24-7 Sports, by On3, by Rivals, he is down to, when it comes to recruiting, his final eight. And it's full of blue bloods. UConn, Indiana, Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, Michigan, throw in Providence. And the hottest blue blood today, your Kansas State Wildcats. So, I mean, you can argue this has been... Uh, the uh, some of the hardest working when it comes to recruiting that K-State and this staff have been doing. They've been three or four deep at some of these events that he has been participating in, and he is catching a lot of attention. He's only got that fifth star from ESPN. I think he's going to be start receiving that fifth star from other sites here very soon. All right, coming up in hour number two, we're with you until 6 o'clock. Phil Steele. His 2023 college football preview magazine is out. We'll talk K-State. We'll talk Big 12. We'll talk non-con schedule for the Cats. It's all coming up next with Phil Steele. And so is your local news. Stick around. It's the game on K-Man.